0: Welcome to Core Conversations, a podcast where we chat about faith, struggles, and relevant topics that we hope will help you take your next step toward Jesus. What up, podcast friends? How's it going? Jesse here with a uh, two of my bro workers. Our first repeat of the series Yeah, We got Liam Linkowski back. What up, bro? Hey, it's going pretty good. How about yourself, dude? Going pretty good. And we got the one and only Corey Witzit.
1: Hey, that's me.
0: <laughs> How we doing? <laughs> hey, dude. Good. I'm. I'm just so grateful, everyone, that you're tuning in today. Listening wherever you are, in your car, near or far. Man, doesn't my rhyming just get you charged? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that was a little bit of my uh, my special rhyming for you all. Yeah. My gift to you today is we're diving in. How long did that take you to think of? Don't ask me that. Okay, but I did. It's on the record. <laughs> it took me a little bit. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't that long, but good it, use of your time. It was.
2: <laughs> it was clever. It was clever.
0: It was long enough that it was a waste of time. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> absolutely. I think it was worth it. Well, so Corey is uh, Corey. Could you introduce yourself? Tell tell the world that's listening who you are.
1: Yeah, I'm Corey. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the youth and online pastor. So I've got uh, I oversee the the high voltage ministry. Liam is the middle school director, but I kind of oversee him leading that. And then uh, I also uh, lead the high school ministry. I lead the college ministry, and I lead the online ministry. So if you've got someone commenting at you on a Sunday morning. It's more than likely me. Uh, I'm glad that you guys are listening online and that you're listening to this podcast, too. Okay, what's it? And then we got Liam back. Liam
0: is middle school director. Yeah, that's that's a fact. I'm back. Happy to be recording another episode. What's something weird about you, Liam?
2: Um, I had a weird tendon growth defect in my pinky. So when I huh. was one, it was locked down. And now I have a giant scar there and my pinky lags behind the rest of my fingers. So when I try to shift click, I always mess it up.
0: Huh? I never knew that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, man. Yeah. Really Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've deposed like thumbs that go both directions. We're, we're all doing weird. We're doing weird things with our fingers. Liam was showing us
1: our pinky and yeah, I can pop my thumb in and out of place. Yeah, yeah, we're weird. Anyway, we
0: are so glad that you're joining us today. (laughs) And uh, for our third episode in this season, where we're talking specifically about anxiety during the holidays. If you find this episode and the content helpful, encouraging, challenging, uh, share it with those in your, your sphere, we'd love for you to pass it along and share it with people around you. So today we're diving into busyness. Busyness and mm. how pervasive it is in our culture. And I think we really feel it during the holiday season, but how busyness stresses us out and what we can do about it. Because uh, I think a reality of life is that many of us feel busy. So I know in a lot of my life, I, I feel busy. Like there's just a lot going on in different seasons. What about you
1: guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ever? Yeah, yeah, all the time every day. Yeah. Busy.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. I feel like I'm running a million places at once. Student work, planning a wedding. It's quite a bit. And so what
0: is wrong with that? Like, what do you think is, uh, because from uh, actually a lot of people's perspectives, busyness might be actually presented as a positive thing. You know, like I just got so much going on. So busy. What, what even is the
1: problem with busyness? yeah I think there's definitely been a change in perception of what a successful life looks like mm-hmm. um you know a couple decades ago a, a life of leisure is what was a premium mm. uh, but now it seems like especially in the American class system that a life of busyness is is what's desirable uh, because yeah. that ties in with your wealth your status and everything you like and you know being busy just the sake of being busy it can help you with your your self ego a little bit, hmm. um but it's gonna damage your your self worth a lot um you know, and being busy has to do with how you spend your time um, but being productive is is a lot better like that's what you accomplish and hmm. being productive isn't necessarily bad, but you don't have to be busy to be productive,
2: yeah, I think a lot of times busyness is definitely a choice. I kind of touched on this in the first episode, but Busyness is a distraction. Uh, I think a lot of people that need to be busy, I know I've fallen victim to this. It's uh, You work harder, you spend more time doing the almost feels unnecessary things as a way of coping with some emotions that you have of avoiding confrontation with certain people. Um, And it's also sometimes can be an intentional distraction of your spiritual health. Um, Mm. Taking time with that can be intimidating, especially if you're struggling with it. Mm.
0: Yeah, you know, recently I heard a pastor talk about how many of us have, uh, you know, work, family, hobbies, different things like that, and a few of those things maybe are central to our lives, and then Jesus in church, in our Christian experience, ends up being more like a hobby, Mm kind of tacked on the end of our schedule, on the end of our commitment, Uh, whereas... Uh, we're called to make Jesus the central point in everything flow out of that. You know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Like no one has more or less. And I think it's kind of a, a heart state that we move through the day with that um, uh, we, and in many of us, we feel this need to commit to all sorts of things that come our way. We feel this need to say yes to these things for our kids, these things for ourselves and, and, uh, pile on work. Because I, I think to a lot of us, we feel important when we're busy or when we have a lot going on. It's almost like uh, an ego boost. Have you ever seen that or felt that?
2: Yeah. Um, I know, especially like on the days where I don't have anything planned, it's, uh, my Saturday or a day where I just don't have any school or work and I just relax at the end of that day, I'm, my energy might be up, but I definitely feel like I wasted that day, hmm. even though my energy is higher because I took that time to myself and to read and to pray and just do some of my hobbies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I did not do anything productive today. And I think that kind of goes back to what Corey was saying earlier about uh, like our system in America. It's like we decided to choose production over ourselves. Hmm. So it's like, I think in 1950s, studies were saying that by the year 2000, we'd be having 25, 30-hour work weeks yeah, because the automation, we'd be able to produce what we needed, mm-hmm. but we decided to go against that. We would rather keep working and producing more instead of taking that time to ourselves and with our families.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There were predictions that we'd be working such short weeks, <laughs> and it's like we were producing massively more, but we just fill in the time with with more work, more more production, more busyness. Yeah. Um, and that's really a drive. And so with that, what do what do you guys see that that's doing to people's mental, emotional, spiritual health, their lives? What is our pervasive busyness doing to us?
1: Yeah, I think one thing is um, that demanding schedules and the busyness of life can hurt your relationships, wow. um, both with yourself and with others. I mean, relationships can and do suffer from uh your overextended schedule mm. you know they they require time and effort on both people's uh parts uh and we're often pulled in too many different directions that leave us feeling stressed and reclusive and ultimately leave us unable to engage fully uh in relationships and even in the moment i know for oh, yeah. myself like when I'm spending time with friends, I don't necessarily see it as a, a waste of time, uh, but I'm constantly thinking about work or what I need to d- get done at the house. or I'm, I, It's hard for me to engage in the moment because of the productive mindset that we've been taught to have.
2: Yeah, it definitely shows. We It's a really good practice to compartmentalize and separate the different areas of your life, whether it's work. School, family, but it also shows our priorities, even if we separate those. Because even if we separate our tasks and we try not to, the fatigue that your body feels does not separate. It doesn't know the difference between the energy you spend working at school and the energy you spend working at work. And then you go see your family. Mm -hmm. You may do your best not to think about work, but your body and your mind is so drained from that. And your family sees just a drained person.
1: Yeah, our family gets our leftovers. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, one poll that I, I saw as I was researching this that said uh, American kids said that the number one thing that they would change about their parents is that they would feel less stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's wow. definitely um, foreseen in the families. You know, your families are getting the leftovers, not your first fruits. And I, I don't know how to necessarily fix that, but I just know that that's wrong.
0: Yeah, man. And I know the amount of times in my life when I have been busy, had a lot going on, a lot on my mind, and maybe was already pretty spent on that day. And then I totally just lacked love for the people around me. Mm-hmm. When when we're just moving, we're in a hurry. Um, it, it was... Uh, John Ortberg tells a story of when he was talking to Dallas Willard. There's a, two Christian thought leaders, and uh, when he's chatting with Willard, um, he waits for uh, Willard's advice to him, and there's this long pause after he's you know waiting for advice, and and Dallas Willard says, "All that you need to do is ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life," hmm. and I I feel that in a very uh, deep level where hurry keeps me from loving people well. You know, when I'm busy, when I'm hurried, I don't see people in the moment. And I also like, I'm more rude to my wife, to Kayla. I uh, when, when Kayla and I had foster children, like every time I was in a busy, in, in a busy moment and in, in a hurry, it was way less likely that I was going to be present to the kids, that I was going to spend time playing with them, loving them, just cherishing the moments that I had with them. And it was all because... Like, I was caught up with doing more, accomplishing more, going to the next thing, overcommitted in life as a whole, I think.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you bring out that, that term, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah. I uh, just started a book called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by, book. by a pastor out on. in Portland, Oregon. His name's John Mark Comer. Mm-hmm. One of the quotes uh, that I absolutely love from the book so far is that hurry is a form of violence to the soul. Ooh, um, and I was trying to figure out, okay, how how do we solve that? Um, a little later mm-hmm. in his book, um, he really split the difference between what solitude and isolation is. Mm-hmm. Because I know, I don't know if the listeners feel this way, but whenever I feel really busy, the biggest thing I want to do is just be by myself. I just want to like wrap myself up in a blanket, be in a cocoon, not talk to anybody and just veg out for a couple hours until I regenerate the energy that I had. But Comer says that solitude is when you set aside time to feed water and nourish your soul. Mm. It's an intentional time. And it helps you grow into health and maturity. But on the flip side, he says that isolation is what you crave when you neglect solitude, when you neglect Mm. that nurturing of your soul. So, there's a definite need um, for us to take time to spend in solitude, which is uh, uh, intentional time of nourishing your soul, of spending time with God. We are made for relationships in this, first and foremost, a relationship with our Creator. And if we're missing out on that because of the busyness of our lives, everything else is going to crumble.
2: Yeah. You mentioned the needing that and God needs it for us. There was actually a study published by the Cancer Medical uh, Journal, C-A-N-C-E-R, big letters. And they (laughs) talked about Seventh-day Adventists. It's a practice of taking the Sabbath and honoring it to the fullest. There's no work. There's no secular recreation. It's all focused on God, family, and community. And the people that focus that live on average about 10 years longer... Than US the US population. And what's wow. interesting is if you take if you do the math, if you take every Sunday that you live, that adds up to about 10 years. Hmm. So by taking that day, it's a day of rest and you live longer because of it.
0: That's so fascinating. You know, I wonder, so Sabbath rest is a it is an old testament principle, but mm-hmm. Jesus lived it out in the mm-hmm. in the New Testament. And while he said that Um, he came um, not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And he said that the Sabbath, um, that man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. So in other words, Sabbath is a gift to us. And it's a way that we model and reflect God in his creation, even God in his creative work. He worked six days, he took a day in rested. And Sabbath, we could do a whole episode on Sabbath, but I, I encourage you listening to check out John Mark Comer's work in um, another guy we're fans of, uh, Jefferson Beth key He's also a great author who, who writes about hurry in the Sabbath. And so anyway, Jesus models this way of living. He, he, he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I've heard it said that we often, you know, we grasp sort of that idea that he gives us new life and that he is our truth, we try to learn and study his truth, but we don't often live in his way, mm-hmm. the way that he yeah. walked through life. And he walked through life getting away and being in solitude. He walked through life Sabbathing and resting with God. And he was so present to the world because he wasn't in a hurry. Mm. Like so many of us are. He wasn't in a hurry. He wasn't rushed. He just followed God's timetable. I long for that.
1: Yeah. I th- I think, um, of the story of Mary and Martha, hmm. um, yeah, Luke chapter 10, um, 38 through forty-two is is the uh, where where you can find it. But um, Mary and Martha, they're two sisters, mm-hmm. and Jesus is coming over. And I don't know how you would react, but if I think I clean my house for just a normal guest to come over, I'm going to make sure it's spick and span for Jesus coming over. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, But Mary, she gets fed up because Martha is just sitting at the feet of Jesus, just chilling. And Mary says to, to Jesus, she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered, You were worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, and indeed only one. Uh, Mary has chosen uh, what is better, and it will not be taken from her. And, you know, I, I think about that. We, we've got to spend intentional time taking rest in Jesus. You know, let the phone ring, or even better, turn your phone off for a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, the chores can wait, social media can take a break. Those things aren't eternal. Mm. But Jesus is. And I think we need to make a better effort of sitting at his feet and enjoying him rather than miss him like Martha did because she was fussing over the dishes and chores and the busyness of life. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And one of the really keystone things there with Mary sitting at Jesus's feet is that she chose discipleship. Like to sit at Jesus's feet meant that she was his student, mm. his student in his way of life. She sat at his feet as his disciple, um, which first off, just a side note, Jesus radically empowered women. Like for a woman to be a disciple in that day, uh, he's he's just awesome. Jesus is cool. And so... Retweet. <laughs> tweet. <laughs> yeah, tweet, tweet that. Jesus is cool. <laughs> and uh, so Jesus uh, let Mary sit at his feet and choose his way of, of life. And uh, a, a passage that Liam quoted the other week in our conversation here was... Uh, When Jesus is talking in Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hmm. And that's really our prayer for you guys that are listening today, that you'll be able to come to Jesus, find rest for your souls, and start to reprioritize your life around Jesus as the center, and then to live in his way, not out of a hurriedness, a busyness, constant stress, but rather in in this holiday season, when there's so many demands that you're able to have solitude, you're able to have Sabbath, you're able to connect with Jesus and with people. So as we wrap up, do you guys have any concluding thoughts you want to share with people or comfort to someone who's struggling here or advice you'd like to give someone?
2: Uh, Yeah, I got one. I think it's with rest. You should treat it as a foundation for your week. Uh, I think a lot of times we think we're working to try to get the reward of rest and that reward is based off of our worldly perception of what deserves a reward, but mm-hmm. that spiritual rest should be our foundation that empowers us throughout the week to be with God and walk with God through our
1: challenges.
0: Absolutely.
2: One of my
1: professors at uh, Bible college, um, Mr. Jody Owens, I love Dr. Mr., Dr. Owens. He would always say one of the most spiritually formative things that you can do for your life is to take a nap. Mm. Um, and he always said, talk about living in the way of Jesus. Jesus took naps in the in the bottom of the boat in the midst of the oh, great yeah. storm that's he, right what's he doing he's asleep so talk about living in the way of jesus if you want to live in the way of jesus take a nap this week that's right Amen end to that yeah <laughs> you know, something
0: that's true when we sleep is that we are like surrendering control of the world we're like saying okay i don't control the world i have limits so i'm gonna i'm gonna sleep i'm gonna take care of my body mm-hmm. um i i think it is really important to honor our limits another guy to check out pete scazzaro he talks about limits Living within limits. But yeah, guys, thank you for chatting with me, Liam, Corey, and friends uh, that are listening. I encourage you to dig deep here and wrestle through how you walk through life because it will shape both your relationships and your own soul. And it can, uh, like John Mark Comer said, what was that quote, Corey, that he he said that uh, hurry
1: is a form of violence,
0: to the soul. There's a form of violence to the soul. I think we could all just sit with that for a time and journal about it, think, reflect on it and say like, man, how am I letting hurry hurt my soul and and really my relationships as well? So praying for you guys and we hope that you have a fantastic week. Hope you'll join us next week. See you later. See you guys. Thank you. If you found this episode helpful, challenging, or encouraging, Please share it with those in your circle to encourage them as well. Thank you so much for joining us today.